Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of fresh fruit. We're so glad you're here. So today is all about kindness and what does it mean to live according to this spiritual fruit, this fruit of the Spirit known as kindness. And so what I thought about doing this morning was making this the world's shortest sermon on kindness ever. Okay, and so I'm going to give you that, but some of you guys are here for the extended version, and you want the hidden tracks, you know, you want the hidden menu items, so I'm going to give you that as well. Okay, but here's the shortest sermon on kindness in case you need it. So if you want the meat and potatoes of where we are today, this is it, lean in for me, because this is it, this is good, this is really profound. Don't be a jerk. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Let me pray us out. Um, So if you don't hear anything else, it, it, it kind of is true. I mean... Don't be a person who goes about your life being really, really unkind to other people. Don't be a person who goes about your life seeking to find offense in everything that everyone else says to you. Don't be the person who goes online to strangers, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, and exercise really unkind words or unkind attitudes. Of course, don't be a jerk in traffic. You know, don't be an unkind person to your local elected officials, whatever the case might be, there's something about saying the power of kindness changes us and changes others. Why does it do that? Because God made it that way. God designs for you and I to be kind people. And so I'm so excited that we get to share in this together as we continue in this series called Fresh Fruit. And for this series, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, and we've already looked at love, joy, peace, and patience. So you guys can check the boxes. I know you have all of those figured out, and there's no room for growth in any of those areas. I'm being a little facetious this morning. But this morning, we set our sights on what it means to be kind. And this word kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And I made this distinction a couple of weeks ago, but it's very important that you understand that these are fruit of the Spirit and not fruits of the Spirit. Because if this is a a plural word, it would mean that we could kind of pick and choose and say, yeah, I have that fruit and I don't have that fruit. But the fact that it's a singular word, fruit of the Spirit, meaning that all of these things should be growing in our life and that we can't say, well, I'm just not naturally a patient person, so I'm not going to deal with that today. Or I'm just not naturally a kind person, so maybe God will give me a pass on that one. No, a fruit of the Spirit means that all of these things should be growing in our life. And all of these fruit are evidence of the fact that God has changed our life through Jesus Christ and that the Holy Spirit is our guide and the Holy Spirit leads us. And so let's start by looking at Galatians chapter 5. Because in Galatians chapter 5, we see this entire listing of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to read that for you. You can follow along up here on the screen. You can hop on your mobile device. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn with us to Galatians chapter 5. And listen to what the writer Paul says to the church at Galatia in regards to the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. So today's all about kindness. And kindness is the one fruit of the Spirit that I think most of us would have the least difficult time saying, I know when I see it and I know when I don't see it. Because kindness is one of those things, you've been in those moments when you've been treated very unkindly. Or you've had those moments when maybe you treat someone unkindly. Or maybe you're in an environment, this happened to me just a few days ago, when you're in an environment and someone else is being really unkind and you just want an easy button to remove yourself from the situation because it's so tense and you just think, oh, this is getting really tense and I don't want to be here if this goes any worse than it is right now. In this moment, you see kindness on display many times and you know how that makes you feel. Maybe you've been on the receiving end of someone else's kindness when they did something for you that you did not deserve, and you want to pay that forward. You want to continue showing that kindness to others. And then, of course, you've had those moments when you've been treated very unkind. When someone doesn't, you didn't deserve whatever, you know, was kind of lopped on you in that moment, and you know how that made you feel, and you think to yourself, man, there had to be a better way. And so even though we can describe it pretty adequately and we can see it pretty clearly, let's go back and look at the original Greek language. Because in Galatians chapter 5, the Greek word for kindness is derived from the adjective kraistos. And what this word literally means is to be a useful, pleasant, serviceable, gentle person. So kindness, by definition, in the original Greek language is to be useful, is to be serviceable, a service-oriented person, to be gentle, to be pleasant, to be a person when you walk in the room Life is added to the room and not life sucked out of the room. You're a person who says, I I, I carry myself with pleasantness. I carry myself with a sense of usefulness. I look out for opportunities to outdo one another in serving other people and helping meet the needs of other people. I'm cognizant of the fact, as a person who's growing in kindness, that every person that I encounter is facing a battle just like I'm facing and that they're going through something just like I might be going through something, and perhaps that helps me to think before I say an unkind word or before I offer an unkind action. And then lastly, and most importantly, this is a fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes we hear the word kindness and we think, oh, that's just so ooey-gooey and so self-help sounding. Of course I should be kind, but God says that this is an evidence of the Holy Spirit changing our life is that we grow in kindness and that we're known by our kindness to one another. So I want to begin this morning by all of us asking ourselves this question. And it's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it out loud this morning, but I hope that you will answer it in your own heart this morning. And it simply is this. What would my life look like if my goal was to grow in kindness every day? What would my life look like if my goal was to grow in kindness every day? How would I go about growing in kindness each and every day? Well, to grow in kindness would really be contingent on where I start my day. What am I choosing to bring into my mind in the course of the day, and what am I choosing to keep out of my mind? Who am I choosing to listen to? What am I choosing to listen to, opposed to what am I ignoring? What am I bringing into my heart, and what is exiting my heart? What's coming into my mind? What is fleeing my mind? Because this concept of kindness really is rising and falling on what we choose to clothe ourselves with throughout the course of the day. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So as a person of God, in addition to the physical clothes that you put on, you are to put on throughout the course of your day these spiritual clothes of kindness and compassion and goodness and gentleness and patience. And when I clothe myself in these things, I'm living a life that's honoring to God. And this fruit of the Spirit begins growing in my life. So to put on kindness, what does that practically look like? What are some of the things that I have to be aware of if I want to clothe myself in kindness throughout the course of this day? Well, it means that I'm going to make a conscious choice to start to say that every word that I speak today is going to be life-giving and not divisive. I'm going to seek to speak life-giving words to people opposed to divisive words to others. I'm going to be aware of the messaging that I carry myself in, the things that I act upon, the things that I prioritize. What does that communicate to someone else? Is that perceived in a kind way or an unkind way? It means that I'm going to go throughout my day without this chip on my shoulder, ready to be offended at the drop of every hat. That I'm going to go throughout my day and say, you know what, I'm going to give the benefit of a doubt to other people because I like when people give me the benefit of a doubt, so it only would stand to reason that I should give benefit of a doubt to other people, that I don't start from a place of judgment. Perhaps you've been asked to follow a rule that you thought was silly. Maybe you're at a business, a place of business, or whatever the case might be, and they have a rule that they make you follow, and you think to yourself, oh, I think this rule is really, really dumb, so I'm going to be unkind to the 17-year-old working there. I do hope that you realize she didn't write the rule. Unless you're knee-to-knee with the CEO of the company, there's very little that your unkindness is going to do except make you look like somebody you don't want to look like. This was brought to my awareness in a really significant way just this summer. I was doing some traveling, and on a couple of the flights, I struck up conversations with the flight attendants, and this one particular crew happened to be a very senior crew. I mean, 30-plus years, most of these flight attendants have been flying, and so I'm back there talking to them. You know, fancy that, me talking to people. And so I'm back there and just um, getting to know their stories, and we're having a counseling session, and it's awesome. And um, And I ask them, tell me about the last couple of years. And again, these are people 25, 30 years in a pretty volatile industry. And they said the past two years have been unlike any that we've ever experienced. They were like, it has been so difficult and so challenging. And the the, the rudeness and the unkindness. And and I sat there and just listened. and And I was thinking to myself, this is really, really unfortunate, but yet not unique to where a lot of people live, if you have a retail job, if you have any job with an outward-facing kind of presence to it, I'm sure that you have dealt with some of the unkindness of others. Or maybe you've been asked to follow some rule and you didn't understand why you had to follow that rule. See, to be clothed in kindness sounds like this. You say, I might be inconvenienced today, but that's okay because life's not about me. I might not get exactly what I want today, but that's okay because life's not about me. Some of you are going to go to work tomorrow, and at your place of employment tomorrow, something's going to happen that you don't approve of, or you're not going to get everything exactly like you wanted. And in that moment, you can continue to offer kindness or not. But keep in mind, the fruit of the Spirit growing in our life is to grow in kindness opposed to growing in unkindness. In spite of how I feel, in spite of how much I you know, agree with what you're saying or whatever the case might be, I still have to grow in this fruit of the Spirit of 
kindness, which leads me to my kind of secondary big idea about kindness, and it's so important connected to kindness, and you see this here on your screen, but if I'm only kind to people that I like, I have a really warped understanding of kindness. I mean, think about it. If I'm only kind to people that I like, (laughs) I have a really warped understanding of kindness, because if we're not careful, we hear the word kindness, and we're like, yeah, of course, Pastor Jason, I'm a really kind person. I'm just kind to the people who deserve my kindness. You know, I'm kind to the people who haven't offended me too much quite yet. But I don't like you, or I disagree with you, so I'm not going to be kind to you. Well, again, here's another short sermon for you. That's really messed up and not very (laughs) Jesus-like. To pick and choose who we're kind to, based on whether we like them or not, is not a God-honoring principle. Because being kind to people who are already like you and who you really like and you're friends with, see, that requires absolutely nothing of you. It takes no courage. It takes no faith. It takes no determination. It takes no grit. It takes no growing in the fruit of the Spirit to go seek out people that will always tell you everything that you want to hear. But rather, it takes growing in the fruit of the Spirit to offer something to someone that you don't think deserves it. It's easy to gravitate to the people who will tell you exactly like you want to hear. And when I'm done with this message today, there is somebody in this room that is going to think this is the best sermon they've ever heard. And you might tell me that. And you might say, it's the best sermon I've ever heard. And next week, you're probably going to tell me the same thing. They're not all that good. But I can find you every week if I know she's going to tell me that is the best sermon I've ever heard. And I appreciate that kind word. But I also have to be equally concerned about the person in the room who's really far from God, who's been very hurt by the church, who's been very frustrated by examples that they have seen. I have to be aware and I have to seek out how the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit is working in their life because that matters just as much as the person who says, best sermon I've ever heard. The person who says, I agree with everything, opposed to the person who says, I disagree with everything. I can't just show kindness here and a lack of kindness here. Because in those moments, if I choose to pick and choose who is worthy of my kindness, I'm looking a lot more like the world and a lot less like Jesus. Being kind to those who have hurt you, it's difficult. Being kind to those who have said something against you that's not true, It's difficult, but would you say that it's a Christ-like principle to be kind and loving to everyone? Most of us would say absolutely that's a Christ-like principle. And go to Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, because this is when Jesus was, was kind of questioned by the teachers of the law. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus is saying that everything rises and falls. The bottom line, that you get this piece right and everything else falls into place, is you love God and love other people. You love God and you show that love and kindness to other people, whether you think they deserve it or not. Now, Jesus himself was very kind to the people who disagreed with him. Because not everybody, if you go read scripture, not everybody was with Jesus. Lots of people were in stark opposition to the teachings of Jesus. But even those who disagreed with Jesus, he did not withhold kindness from them. I mean, he washed the feet of the very 
disciple who was going to betray him. There were members of society who the religious elite said, you have no place here, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. And Jesus not only didn't say you have no place here, Jesus had a place setting set at his table so that they could dine with him. There were many that the world would have said, they're nothing. And Jesus said, no, I didn't come just to die for the lovable. I came to die for the broken, and that's you and that's me. Unless we forget, it's just not a biblical principle to offer kindness to some and to withhold it from others. I mean, go to the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Pastor Jeff spoke about this verse last week, that love is patient. But what does the second part of the verse say? Love is kind. One of the defining characteristics of love is patience. Another defining characteristic of love is kind. Most of us probably don't have a problem putting the word unconditional in front of love. I mean, especially if you were raised in church like some of us were. I mean, from the earliest days of my existence, I mean, I was in church nine months before I was born. And my earliest kind of things that I, that I hear, you know, the earliest things that I heard was, you know, unconditional love. Love everyone. But yet, how comfortable are you putting the word unconditional in front of kindness? That you are to show unconditional kindness to everyone. And we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Because I'm a much bigger fan of conditional kindness. Conditional kindness is a little bit easier. We don't disagree on anything. Sure, I'll show you kindness. We're, we're not different in any way. Sure, I'll show you kindness. The world says, if I'm just like you, I'll be kind to you. But as followers of Christ, we have to be different. Democrats are kind to Democrats, and Republicans are kind to Republicans, and Democrats can't be kind to Republicans, and Republicans can't be kind to Democrats. That's as political as I ever get. Here, you have a vision for the town, and I have a different vision for the town, and our visions are different, and therefore we can't agree. You're an Alabama fan, and you're everybody else. We can't agree. There's these things that divide us, and we struggle to show kindness because it's different. But if as a follower of Christ, I don't act differently, I'm going to miss opportunities to show Jesus to the world, to show the world who Jesus really is. Because what did Jesus do? Jesus modeled kindness in the face of adversity. Jesus modeled kindness in the face of people that disagreed with him. In fact, in John 17, Jesus said that one of the marks of the church would be unity, that we would not be a backbiting group, that we would not be a critical group, that we would be a unified group, that we would be known by our love for God and our love for one another and our love for the world. Now, is that type of unity challenging? Absolutely. And if we seek to not grow in kindness, then we're going to make that even more challenging. But instead of showing unconditional kindness, it's a lot easier for me to hold grudges. It's a lot easier for me to struggle to move on. It's a lot easier for me to say, okay, what well, you've hurt me, and I'm going to allow bitterness to take root in my life. On a side note, any of the fruit of the Spirit that we don't grow in, bitterness will always take root. So if I choose to not be a patient person, if I choose not to be a loving person, not to be a kind person, what tends to fill in those places where I should be growing in those fruit of the Spirit? Bitterness and resentment and anger. All of those things began to take root in my life. And then I began to look just like the world. And I'm not to look like the world. I'm to be in the world, but not of the world. Set apart, different. And kindness doesn't have to be out of reach. 
Rather, it can be something that I can offer really freely, even to those who have hurt me, even to those that I'm angry with, even to those that I disagree with. I believe that you and I are always going to struggle to be kind when we struggle to forgive. You will always struggle to be kind when you struggle to forgive. And Scripture certainly attests to this. Our key verse for today is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And listen to what Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. See, if you're struggling with kindness right now, maybe kindness is just not coming easily to you right now. It's the last thing that you want to show. I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to pull the curtain back in your life. And I want you to do some really serious introspection because if there's a struggle to show kindness, it's highly possible that there's maybe some lack of forgiveness in your life that you need to work through. Because to be a kind person, a compassionate person, means that I also have to be a forgiving person. Maybe there's some unresolved anger in your life for something that's happened. Maybe there's some bitterness against someone and you've allowed that to take up so much root in your life. And maybe today would be the day when you say, I need to let that go. I need to let that kind of set sail in my life so that I can move forward in kindness and compassionate living. Because in this text, we see kindness and compassion and forgiveness. They're all inextricably linked. They have this symbiotic relationship, meaning to be kind, to be a kind person is also to be a forgiving person. But I understand that you've been hurt. And I understand that people have hurt you. And I understand that other people have let you down. And I understand that there are things that have happened in your life that have caused you to be frustrated. And that, there's, uh, that the easy thing would be to say, you know what, I'm not going to show forgiveness to another person. But maybe today would be the day when you say, you know what, I want to grow in that area. And I want to gain traction in that area because this is really holding me back. And it's preventing me, it's kind of inhibiting me growing in this area of my life. Because the most important part of the verse that's really going to help us find freedom in this area of maybe a lack of forgiveness, it's really the last clause of the verse. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. In Christ, God forgave you. See, you and I pursue kind, holy, compassionate living because God forgave us. Isn't it incredible that God did not say to the world, once everyone cleans themselves up, I will send my son Jesus to take on all of their woes. God sent his one and only son while we were broken. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in the kindness of God, Jesus was sent so that we could have life. God said, I love the world so much that I'm sending my one and only son to die for the sins of all the world. No matter how far gone they may be, no matter how broken they may be. And when you and I are in our state of being completely incapable of doing anything good in our own right, which is our state apart from Christ, isn't it incredible good news to know that God did not see all of our brokenness and hold that against us, but sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we could have life? That's the power of the gospel. And if you've yet to believe that or accept that message, I pray that today would be the day. I pray that today would be the day when you say, my next step of faith is to trust that God has a plan for my life, and that plan for my life was to send Jesus to save me from my sin, to save me from my brokenness, to not keep me the same. I don't want to stay the same anymore. I don't want to be held captive by those things anymore, but I want to move forward in a new life with Christ. You can stick around after our service. We would love to pray with you about that. 
you have that connection card that you were handed today, if you want to write your name and you want to make some note on there that you want to talk to someone or have someone reach out to you about that step of faith, please do that. We would find such great honor and joy in following up with you and sharing with you what God has done in your life and what he wants to do in your life and to celebrate that with you. But if we're not careful, we're really quick to forget just how kind God is to us. We sing about it in our worship songs, but God is so good, isn't he? He's so loving. He's so patient. He's so kind, and I hope and pray that we never forget of how, how, how kind he is. See, this is what the Bible says about the kindness of God, and you see this here on your notes. It's the kindness of God that leads me to repent from my sin. The kindness of God leads me to repent from my sin. It's the kindness of God that leads me to repentance. Go with me to Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now, this verse has nothing to do with kindness, but it's just so good, so I had to read it aloud. Because what's it saying? It's saying, be really careful when you judge everybody else, because when you judge everybody else, you're bringing judgment upon yourself. So that'll preach. I'm going to work that in sometime later in this year. Um, Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human, being past judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Verse 4, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. See, it is because of the kindness of God that I flee from the sin in my life. It's because of the kindness of God that I'm drawn into repentance. And because of the kindness of God towards me, I walk forward a new creation. The sin that so easily entangled me has been left behind me. And I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And Scripture says that salvation comes in my life and I walk forward a new creation in Christ. That happens because of the kindness of God. Because of his kindness, I am led to repentance. And you and I are to be kind of others, to others because of the kindness that God has shown us. This is so significant because what leads you and I to flee from immorality, what leads us to flee from anger issues, what leads us to flee from the bitterness in our life, it's the kindness of God. The fact that you and I deserve death, but God gives us life, what a kind gesture. <laughs> it's that kindness that leads us to repentance. I'm deserving of death because of sin, but because of Jesus Christ. I can be new in my life. When you go back to the life of Jesus, Jesus modeled this. I love this story in John chapter 8, where there's a woman who's caught in the act of adultery, which was wrong. This was a, a broke, it broke a law. It was against God's best for her life. And she was caught in the act of adultery. And there was these religious leaders there who knew that this was wrong and who knew that this was uh, a law that had been broken. And so they were offering her punishment that They felt like she deserved for that, which was to be stoned to death. And so they had all picked up stones, and they were ready to stone her because she was caught in this act of sin. And Jesus walks into the scene, and he says, Who among you has never sinned in your life? And the stones started dropping. And they all walked away, and then Jesus walks up to the woman who's caught in the act of adultery. He says, Then neither do I condemn you. Go leave your life of sin. 
Now, he did not say, neither do I condemn you, and I'm going to approve of the sin in your life. Just try harder next time. (laughs) He said, neither do I condemn you. Go leave your life of sin. Walk away changed, different because of me. Which of these two scenarios do you think would have, was more impactful to this woman caught in the act of adultery, the religious leaders who had stones ready to throw at her, or the Savior of the world who comes and says, neither do I condemn you, go leave your life of sin. This is Romans 2 literally being acted out. It's the kindness of God, and that kindness shown leads to repentance and leads us to walk away different. And so now all of a sudden we realize why this is so important. And we see the fruit of the Spirit needing to grow in our life, and we understand why we need to seek to embody this each and every chance we get. In fact, I hope that you'll never underestimate the impact that kindness to others can have on their life and your life. It's why this matters. Never underestimate the impact that kindness to others can have on their life and your life. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. Sometimes in my uh, sermons, I will say, where's my A plus B equals C people? And I haven't done that in a while. So where's my A plus B equals C people? You guys that are just like, you're just kind of, you want the bottom line. You're like, I don't need all the fluff. I don't need all the illustrations. You know, A plus B equals C. Some of you, okay, thank you. Two of you are here. Thank you for being honest. There's probably more of you guys. But here's the A plus B equals C truth. If you want to commit this verse to memory, if you kind of just like the bottom line, this should be your life verse. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. If you live a cruel life, guess what's going to come to you? Ruin. But kindness is to your benefit. It grows you. There's an internal peace. There's a calm. There's a steadiness that comes. How can that be explained? Well, it's because God designed it to be that way. It's the way God designed us to live. I was reading an article uh, just this past week about the effects of kindness and how kindness uh, affects you and what kindness can do. It says that kindness can lower your stress level and kindness can boost your self-esteem and kindness can increase your productivity. And I'm thinking to myself, absolutely. All of those things are so significant. And these are researchers that aren't coming at it from a Christian perspective all of a sudden. But I realize it's exactly true. It's kind of like when you have those moments when you serve other people. Maybe you've gone on a mission trip before, whether that's locally or nationally or internationally. And if you've ever gone on one of those trips where you go serve other people, you come back from those trips, and what do you tend to think to yourself? You'll say, I went to help someone else, but I was the one who was really changed. I was the one who was really blessed. Why is that? It's because those who are kind, those who are kind, there's something that benefits us. And it's that growing in the fruit of the Spirit. And to the world, kindness is taken note of. But kindness isn't really about how it makes us feel. Kindness is really about the impact that it has on others. Because when you and I see the world, when you and I see the church caring, and the world sees the church caring about meeting the needs of others, they're drawn to it. And that's why we encourage you to be on mission, to serve others, to grow in your faith journey. Your kindness indeed matters. Your kindness and your words, they matter. Proverbs 16, 23, and 24 say, The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. See, kind words, according to Proverbs, those are healing 
things in our lives. Healing comes in the life of other people because of our kind words. What about your words? Are they filled with criticism? Are they filled with negativity? Or are they filled with grace and mercy and seasoned with kindness? See, when you and I opt out of speaking kind words to other people, we miss opportunities to bring healing to them. We miss opportunities to bring peace into their life. So when God places someone on your heart, reach out to them. When God gives you an opportunity to speak those kind words, step into those. So as we wrap up today, I just want to ask you what this kindness journey looks like for you. What is it that God's asking you to take this step of faith? And maybe it's his kindness that leads you to repentance. And you've yet to ask God to forgive you for those sins in your life. And today would be the day when you say it's his kindness that has led me to walk forward in a faith journey. Or maybe this fruit of the Spirit's just not growing in your life. And you realize it's because of some bitterness or some resentment or some anger. And you want to move forward in that. And you want to forgive so that that fruit of the Spirit can grow. I hope and pray that you see it in your life. And that if you don't, you would say, I want to take the steps right now to grow in it. I don't know what that journey looks like for you. I don't know what it is that God has in store for you today. I don't know what that step is that God's asking you to take. But my hope and my prayer is that all of us would go be kind, that we would show kindness because it truly matters. It matters to the body of believers. It certainly matters to a broken world. And God uses your actions. God uses your words. God uses your deeds in ways that you may not even know at this time to accomplish something that cannot be described by you, but that significantly changes the lives of other people. Let's go be the church today. God, thank you for this day. I thank you for just this time that we can be in your presence. I'm grateful again, God, for who you are, for what you're doing, for what you seek to accomplish in and through us as we seek to be men and women who are marked by kindness, who are marked by um, peace, who are marked by patience. We're so grateful again, God, that you love us, that you care for us, and that you are close to us. We thank you again, God, for your kindness that leads us to repentance. And we pray that we would be strengthened in you, that we would grow in you, and that you would find us faithful. Help us to be the church, God, and help us to build our life not on the things of this world, but help us to build our life on you. You as our firm foundation, you as our solid rock. We're grateful again, God, for who you are. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.